Hey, before we get started, we just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Church Sound Made Simple. Mixing sound seems complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Cut the overwhelm by getting access to the stress-free, no-fluff training that will help you create great sound at church. Visit churchsoundmadesimple.com. Well, welcome to the Collaborate Worship Podcast, where we help you create great sound at church. I'm your host, Cade Young, and today I'm joined with the one and only Weston Williamson. How are you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, bud. How are you doing? Doing good. I'm glad you're with us, and I know our listeners will be too. Uh, for the listeners who have yet to be acquainted with you, why don't you go ahead and tell us how you're connected to the church worship scene? Yeah. Uh, so I've been a worship leader in the North Florida area for about 15 years. Uh, I pretty much started as soon as my voice stopped changing when I was a kid. And once I could get past uh, playing more than four chords, I really just kind of went into leading worship at my uh, church. And uh, I've served at a lot of different types of churches uh, throughout my time. And occasionally, buddies would call me and say, hey, man, could you fill in for you know electric or something? And so I'd help them out, too. Um, and I also got a chance to lead some summer youth camps here and there, which is always a blast. I'm, I'm sure you've probably done a few of those in your time. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, recently, I've kind of made this huge transition to where I'm more of kind of a coaching and teaching role. And the company I work at, Church Track, uh, I get to talk to church leaders all across the world and uh, just get to help them do ministry better. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's awesome, man. Well, in every podcast interview, we always take a moment to bring a failure out into the open so we can laugh together, learn something along the way. The truth is we all make mistakes and they tend to seem really heavy until you realize that even the pros make mistakes. So Weston, go ahead and fess up. Tell us an embarrassing story. Man, I was thinking about this long and hard before this interview too, bud. Um, I would say probably the one that really got me the most that I that I actually had like multiple months where I just would have nightmares of this. Uh, I was leading a summer camp for a pretty big youth group. And um, this was a, a youth group I'd never um, worked with them before because uh, I just got to that point where I'd had youth groups starting to call us and want our band to play for them. And so this particular summer, um, we led for them, and I think it was like maybe the second or third night of worship um, where I just kind of went into this little like mini sermon kind of in between songs. I mean, worship leaders, we love to do that on occasion. Uh, one of my buddies always called them like little nuggets of wisdom. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was doing this little mini sermon that should have only been like 30 seconds. I think I was getting ready to play how he loves or something after that. And, uh, that turned into like three or four minutes. And to this day, I really don't remember anything that I said. Uh, the only thing I remembered was at the very end, I, I said something like, and I've done some crazy things even this week. And I just remember like looking out in the audience and, you know, seeing the faces of these like hundred kids that are just looking at me and they look like, um, oh gosh, what's that? Uh, you know, that meme with Pikachu where he's just like, you know, looking at everyone yeah. that that's what they look like. Their mouths were just open and nobody was saying anything. They were just kind of like, what on earth just happened? And I remember seeing like the parents that like every single eyebrow was just way up and they're looking at me. And then I just remember like walking off stage like, well, this was pretty bad. And moral of the story is don't ramble. I actually know what you're going to talk about to some degree, I guess. <laughs> I think you're probably touching on an anxiety of a lot of worship leaders because like we're all like 
skilled at singing and then when it comes to open your mouth and actually start talking to the people you're like oh what do i say <laughs> yeah just epic fail man yep <laughs> i've been there done that i've been lead pastor now for it's been like two and a half years now and i remember my my first few months i was like i gotta like talk for like 20 to 30 minutes like i don't know how i'm ever <laughs> gonna do that and then here i yeah. am you know two years later and like i'm talking for 40 minutes and be like okay i gotta scale that back to 30 minutes <laughs> so it's just something now, that now do you too. find yourself as a like a pastor that whenever you jump into the worship leading position you have to like remind yourself that oh, oh i'm a pastor or i'm a worship leader right now i'm not the pastor no, I don't think so. I actually haven't led worship too often since I became lead pastor. I just kind of passed the baton on to our worship leader at church. Um, mm-hmm. If I am on the worship team, I'm just playing an instrument usually. So I just enjoy just playing the instrument. I'm kind of a focus type of guy. So like whatever I'm doing, I have a, uh, I'm pretty good at just focusing on the task at hand. Nice. Sometimes to my demise though, because sometimes you get so focused, you forget what else is going on around you. But <laughs> it's better than being like me sometimes though, where I'll just be spinning all the different plates and then I realize, oh, I was supposed to do this. So, <laughs> That's good to find a happy medium, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. All right, man. So let's talk about planning and worship. This can be kind of a controversial subject because there's two extremes out there. Some like to plan worship, their worship service down to the T, and then others like mm-hmm. to go with that 100% spontaneous approach. So as with most things, though, I bet the best place to find yourself is in a balance between those two things. And Weston, you're just the guy to help us figure that out. And um, so to start, I have a question for you. Does okay. planning for worship need to be complicated? No, not at all. Um, detailed? Yes, but anything complicated is almost doomed to failure, man. No doubt. So what do you think that is something that people make complicated about planning that doesn't need to be complicated? Something they make complicated doesn't need to be complicated. Um, I would say probably like the, the outline of it, I would say is one of the biggest areas I would fail in where I would just like label every single thing. And I was trying to plan our services um, down to like within like a four second margin. Like it was just silly. And, uh, and we weren't live streaming at that time. We weren't, you know, doing anything that required that. I was just trying to be obsessive about it. And it just got to the point where no one would look at the outline because the outline just had all these different cues. It would say like lighting, do this, you know, audio, do this and, you know, vocal singer, do this and then sing this verse. And this person does this verse and electric guitars do this. And it just got to the point where it was too much. And I realized, oh man, I'm way over complicating this stuff. Man, I'm so glad to know that I'm not the only one that had done something like that. Because I can remember, uh, like, I would create an outline for each song for each instrumentalist at one point. Like, the guitar. Like, here's what you do during the verse and during the chorus. And, like, I'd outline it out for them. And I did that for a while. And it was sure was a daunting task. And then I finally realized that my musicians really didn't appreciate that too much. Like, they wanted a little bit of freedom in how they were going to play the song. So, everything got a whole lot better when I stopped doing that. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. You you like worked less and everything got better. Yes. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> man. All right, man. So how do we determine how much we should plan in a worship service? So I think, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I think this really just comes down to a few things, man. Um, the first question I always ask is like, how many people are involved whenever you're planning your worship? Because if it's just you playing an acoustic guitar, well, you probably don't need to plan much, but if it's 
you and then a team of maybe 20 people where you've got you know a full band but then you've got like three or four vocalists and then on top of that you have your person that's running sound but then you have a person that maybe is running the in-ear monitor mix perhaps and then you have lighting that comes into play and then you have the person that's running the lyrics and so that's the first thing I always kind of coach people in is, you know, first determine like how many moving parts are there when it comes to your people. And, um, and then the next thing is, you know, like how familiar are your people with the songs and how familiar are your people with the flow of the worship and everything? Uh, because if you've got a team that's up there every single week, uh, then there's a good chance there's a whole lot of things in there that you really don't need to talk about because these people are there every week for the most part and they know what's coming. Um, and then I always ask like, how skilled are your musicians and volunteers? And this is one I actually, um, I've, I've seen the full spectrum <laughs> as a worship leader. Uh, I've had teams where um, some of my people were definitely, I needed to hold their hand a lot and, and say, hey, you know, this vocalist, I want you to sing this verse here. And then on the chorus, I want you to do this harmony. And, um, and this guitarist, I want you to play the tagline here, but then during this part, I don't want you to play anything. And then, you know, really rock it on the chorus. And so I would have to really hold their hands, walk them through it. Um, but then going to the opposite spectrum where I was very blessed with having just a team where every, I kid you not, every single person was light years ahead of me, talent and just ability wise and everything. And so it, those were times of my worship planning where I literally would just give them such minimal guidance because they just knew exactly what to do. And I wouldn't have to say, hey, make sure you learn, you know, this particular tagline for this song or whatever. They just, they would learn it or they would um, instinctively just know when to bring things down, when to bring things up. And so that's a big part of it is just the the team that you've got with you, man. And I've, you really already answered this other question, but should every church be planning the same way? Well, it's, it's definitely, um, it's easy as a worship leader. I think, I mean, I think I can speak for you as well in this. Like sometimes we like to, to get a, we like to look at all the shiny things and especially like new things that come out, uh, both equipment wise, but also we, we like to kind of emulate churches that we want to be like. And so when we see these uh, massive churches um, like Hillsong or Jesus Culture, um, Elevation, like they're, they're doing cutting edge stuff and it is just sick. Um, but um, the things that they have going on are most likely the things that you don't have going on. And also, you know, they have resources you don't have. And um, also their people are very different. And so I'm a firm believer that every single church is completely different. Uh, you could have two churches that are within 200 yards of each other, but they could have a completely different type of demographic of people. They could have completely different skill levels in their worship team, completely different resources available to them. And so as a worship leader, you really have to take the time to know, okay, you know, what are my volunteers capable of? What, what kind of equipment do we have at our disposable, um, disposable, disposal? Um, you know, like, are we running a digital soundboard that I have nobody that knows how to operate? Or are we using this old analog board that this guy that's been serving for three years knows how to use really well? Like, 
there's just so many different variables that come into play. And, and so that really comes back into your planning because those, um, those things are going to dictate your planning because the biggest thing is the team. Like if you have a team that just really needs help, especially certain people, then you're going to have to probably go a little bit above and beyond. But if you've got a team of people that are probably more capable than yourself, then there's a chance very minimal planning is involved. Yeah, man, those are really good points. And I think everybody can just take a sigh of relief right now to know that they don't have to plan the same way that Elevation does. Yeah. (laughs) Or the church down the street. Dude, we have a great church here in my area. I live in the Tulsa area in Oklahoma, and there's a church called Church on the Move, which a lot of people Mm -hmm. around the country have heard of. Um, And they have what's called the Seeds Conference. And I can remember going to that conference one time, and they were kind of talking about how they prep for worship. And uh, I think they have like a, a four sometimes six hour rehearsal, like during the week to prepare. Oh, I believe it, man. Yeah. And I, and I remember saying, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could ever get my team to go for that. And I remember no. feeling the pressure of thinking like to be that excellent, like I got to have a six hour rehearsal and somewhere along the journey. Like I figured out that that's not true. Like it's true for them. Like they probably do need to have that rehearsal because of what they have going on and the, the scale of what they have going on. But at my church, yeah. like that would just wear out the volunteers and nobody would want to serve anymore because everybody's working their jobs. And at Church on the Move, you're talking about people who are on staff there. So <laughs> like they're like yeah. paid to be there for six hours. So that's a big deal. Oh, absolutely. There. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just thinking of some of my team members, I remember we had uh, points because I was bivocational at um, one of the last churches I was at. And everybody that was on my team was completely volunteer. I, you know, I, I wish I could have paid every single one of them because I would have. Um, but to expect, you know, a certain level from a volunteer, you have to find that good, happy balance where it's like, yes, I want you to come to rehearsal and I want you to practice. But at the same time, like you can't, you can only expect so much depending on, you know, what the situation is too. So if it was someone I was paying $500 a week to, I mean, of course I'd be like, Hey, you need to be here for this. You need to do this, this, and this. But if it's a guy that's, you know, coming to rehearse when he just got off of work doing a 12 hour shift, like there's a whole different level of expectation there. No doubt. And this might sound, um, sacrilegious to some people, but there's times in my worship leading I led worship for 10 years before I became a lead pastor. And there were times where the team was at a place where we needed to have a midweek rehearsal, like a Thursday rehearsal and a Sunday morning rehearsal. And then there were times where the musicians were just so gelled together and excellent in their skill that all we had was a Sunday morning rehearsal. Oh, yeah. And man. we still delivered. Oh, we were there excellent. too. Yeah. It so was, it's, it's crazy, man, when you... Um when you plan the right amount and you have that right team meshing together where you can have those weeks where you're like, Hey, rehearsal's just not going to happen this week. There's too many things going on in our community or, you know, there's too many people that are going to be out. Um, but we'll do a quick run through on Sunday morning and be ready to kill it. Yep. That's a good place to be. Yeah. Although if you need to have that midweek rehearsal, you should definitely do it. And it's just kind of like an ebb and flow type of thing. It depends how many new musicians you have on your team and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, good stuff. Well, man, in your opinion, how do we get the right blend of planning and spontaneity in our worship services? For some reason, I was just thinking of that, uh, that old YouTube video where that guy says, will it blend? And he blends like an iPhone or something. Um, but blending the right blend of planning and spontaneity. So I'm a big fan of spontaneity, uh, but I'm also a big fan of being like inclusive in our worship services. 
And what I mean by that is not getting in that spontaneous realm where you and the band are the only people that actually know what's going on. And the rest of the people out in your church are just kind of like deer in headlights looking at you like, I have no idea what's going on. All I know is this guy's played a guitar solo for 30 seconds. And that singer lady over there just keeps saying, yes, Lord. Like we, we definitely want to find a good at happy balance there. Um, so I know this sounds crazy, but I think we need to plan for the spontaneity. And uh, what I mean by that is really communicate with like our musicians and our volunteers and even our leadership, maybe the person that is uh, preaching that Sunday, what this looks like ahead of time. Um, I always had like a conversation with my team that, um, you know, would go something like, hey, you know, during this time, I think we might possibly go back to a verse and we also might go back to a chorus um, or maybe in this situation, say, hey, you know, be ready for us to do another song completely and always have like a back song or a song in your back pocket ready to just pull out. And that's something that everyone knows on your team that, OK, you know, like if we ever hit this time, we know that Wes is going to, you know, do this one song or whatever. Um, and then I would say the other thing is like have a way to communicate uh, during worship. Um, and if this means maybe you have like a mic off to the side that only goes into everybody's in-ear monitors, I found that super helpful where I would just like go off to the side, say something in it and everybody in my team would hear it. Um, or maybe hand signals, um, where you have a couple hand signals that mean some, you know, something very specific where you're like, Hey, this means chorus, this means verse or whatever. Um, I I would say that would definitely uh, be the right way to kind of go at that. I think we're tracking together because we we have a planned, spontaneous moment like in every worship service, kind of where it fits best in our set list, where we just kind of block off like two to three minutes to mm-hmm. just let the music flow and see what happens sort of thing. Nice. So it's like the whole team knows that that's coming. And so nobody's caught off guard or uneasy wondering what's going on. And sometimes, you know, it goes into another chorus or another verse. Sometimes it just rests for a minute, you know, before you get into the next song and... Anyway, I don't say I'm not going to say that that's the only way to do it, but that's how we're currently doing it at our church and it's working really well. Now, here's a question for you, man, um, because there's this whole I don't know why there's a controversy, but the whole controversy of backtracks and using click tracks and all that. And so we have a lot of people that say, oh, you can't have spontaneous worship if you're using, you know, a click and all this. And then you have the other people that use it that say, well, no, we definitely can or we don't do spontaneous worship. We stay to our click. Like, do you have do you have anything to say about that stuff? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. but Yeah. So I had that thought at one time that and we didn't use backing tracks for a long time because I was caught up in that. Like it just it's too stifling to have a click track that you have to follow, but we currently use it on every song. And we found out that the benefits far outweigh the things that you have to work around and that you can still have spontaneity in your worship with click tracks. It just has to happen like after the song. So like we use loop communities, uh, whatever the prime app for, to run our backing tracks. And so we'll have like just a pad backing track that maybe one of the songs will flow crossfade into that pad. So we can go into that flow moment before it gets yeah. into the next song. And so, I mean, that's kind of like a workaround where that space is still filled up, but you're not like stuck to a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is like, everybody wants this freedom to like jump into another verse or jump into another course. But how often do you really do that? Like hardly not that ever. often in that realm. Yeah. 
I mean, you always follow like your roadmap of your song the way that you practiced it. So I don't know why everybody gets hung up on that, but <laughs> yeah, it's silly. But I mean, it definitely um, is like you said, I think the benefits definitely outweigh um, the negative things that some people say about it, but it's just different. It's, it's a different thing to get used to. Um, I know I personally did not use them and I had, I got a lot of flack from it and, um, and I just kind of kept telling people like, Hey, like if I had tempo problems and if I was trying to plan my service, you know, dead on and all these different things, I would do it, but I've got such a phenomenal team and I don't have any of the issues that everybody else is having. So that's why I'm not using them. Um, but it just comes back to your church and, you know, your team and, uh, and the, the tools you have available. Yeah, I think one of the biggest benefits of using backing tracks is like our bass guitarist just this last Sunday, uh, her grandma had gone into the hospital like that Sunday morning. So she wasn't able to make it at the very, very last minute. And so mm -hmm. you just unmute the bass guitar on the backing track and you still have full band. So, I mean, it's nice. It's, it's not a perfect replacement. Like it's not the same as having the real bass guitar there. But I mean, it, it fills in the gap so that the she could go be with her grandma, which was way more important in yeah. that moment well and that and that made your planning a, a lot easier too because you're not freaking out trying to find another bass player you've already planned ahead of time for that to where you're like hey if if things do happen we have a backup plan to fill that void if needed so that's that's pretty nice yep for sure the person is always better but if you have to use the backing track then then go for it so all right last question for you what are some tools that we can use to make planning easier there's a lot, man. There's so many, it's hard to keep track of. That's true. Why don't you give us your, your favorites? So um, I, I'm kind of one of those people that I've always been a nerd. And so I got really big on Excel um, back when I was probably like 10 years old, man. I know it, I have a problem. Super nerd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, super nerd. Um, but you never know looking at me. Uh, but I, I would get into using Excel for like scheduling my people, but then I realized there's an easier way with calendars and things like that. Um, and I was actually, gosh, I can't remember what year it was when, um, when planning center came out with their services tool. Um, but I remember using that pretty much when it first came out and I was like, this is awesome. You know, it, it enables me to schedule my people and all that stuff. And, um, and there's so many tools like it out there. Uh, in fact, the company I work with, Church Track, uh, we have a worship planning tool that enables you to easily schedule all of your people and uh, send them like auto reminders. Um, I know for me, like one of the biggest things when you're leading a worship team and you start getting more and more people and moving parts, um, scheduling becomes like one of the biggest things. And I can't tell you how many times before I would um, really use these tools to the fullest where I would schedule like a, you know, like a bass player, for example. And then all of a sudden my bass player would text me at 7 a.m. when I'm like opening up the church and setting everything up and like, oh, bro, I'm so sorry. I, I forgot I was scheduled. And I'm like, oh, man, this stinks. Um, I wish I would have backtracks in that situation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, being able to have something that's going to really automate your scheduling is just a godsend, especially if you're like um, a good portion of worship leaders that do this bivocational or bivocationally, or if you're like a volunteer, um, having a tool that's going to help you schedule your people and send automated reminders to them and everything is just going to, it's just a game changer. And that's something that Church Track, we really put high up on the, the list of some of our features that we offer for worship leaders. 
Um, but then the other thing is, you know, being able to create your outlines for your worship service. Uh, I see worship leaders that they'll use like, um, like a word processor or something and just kind of print it out and have like a template. Um, but part of the problem with that is you feel like you're still reinventing the wheel every week because you're having to delete everything out and then retype everything in. Um, and so being able to quickly just pull from your library of music and all your service elements and just kind of throw that all in super fast is just really beneficial. I, I remember um, it was right before I think I started using Planning Center and some of those other tools out there. I would I would try to do that. Um, and that was a big thing. Like when we created Church Track and we were talking with worship leaders like, hey, what are you needing for creating worship outlines and stuff. And, and they all told us the same thing. They're like, we want a way to just not have to create the wheel. And we want a way to, to be able to just drag and drop everything we need and be done with it. And so that was definitely a big part of, of what we kind of added to church track uh, so that worship leaders could be able to build out those outlines and everything. Um, and then the other thing is just having like your good library of music that you can pull from. Um, cause the last thing you want to do is just have like some static list of just songs and being like, ah, let's do this one and let's do this one. Uh, it's, it's easier when you have a library that you can, you can not only see like the last time you did a song, but you can see like, okay, I want to find a song that's in the key of D because I'm wanting to have a seamless transition from oceans to this other song. Um, and then being able to search all your songs by a key, or maybe you're wanting to find a fast song. And um, so you just search all your songs that you have tagged as fast or something. And so that's something we placed a big priority in of being able to, to tag all your songs and to be able to put them in different song books. So you can have like ones for Christmas music because uh, you're only using Christmas music a few months out of the year. You don't want to have all those songs just, you know, with all of your others because then you just kind of keep having to sift through them all. Um, and so being able to just have an easy way to pull from a library just just makes your life a lot easier, too. And so, yeah, scheduling um, outlines and then just place to keep all your music. And I, I think that's like the big three and um, and probably kind of a little wild card here. Um, but there was a time where I got kind of really obsessed with Slack. And uh, have you ever heard of Slack? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got really obsessed with that for some reason. I think it was because like I would do those auto reminder bots and stuff. Um, but that's a fun one, too. If you have like a really big team and you're just wanting a way to kind of chat back and forth and share ideas and stuff, uh, I would say that's a big one. Um, but when it comes to yeah, planning out your worship and having a tool that kind of does all that stuff, um, that's what we at Church Track really set out to do and do it in a very simple way. So that way people aren't having to download all these different apps and everything. They can just quickly say, oh, yeah, I'm scheduled this week. And oh, OK, I'm doing this song, this song. And oh, let me take a look at this PDF real quick or listen to this MP3. And so, yeah, trying to make life easy for people, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I was actually talking to a worship leader the other day that was uh, reminiscing about the time when they used to have to burn CDs every week for their team to have the track to practice with. <laughs> I remember those days, man. <laughs> <laughs> loads and loads of CDs, right? In your cabinet. I uh, I was in, I think I was in Walmart or Target and I saw the blank CDs um, in the aisle and I was like, oh, that's still a thing. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't had a computer that can play CDs in like five years. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. Well, Weston, thanks for being with us today. It's been really awesome. What's the best way for people to connect with you? 
So probably the easiest way is to shoot me an email, weston at churchtrack.com. Uh, I usually check it every day. So yeah, if you want to say hey, say hey. And Church Track, that's track with a C. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Church Track with a C. So churchtrac.com. Awesome. Well, y'all don't miss this opportunity to connect with Weston Williamson. As always, thanks for being with us. We need your help to get this podcast out to everybody who needs it. So please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to subscribe so we can let you know when the next episode comes out. So go implement what you learned in this podcast and we'll catch you next time. Yeah.